My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. When darkness fails, his light is face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. His oath, his covenant, his blood support me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. Praise the Lord. Please welcome our Ryan. All right. Good morning, everybody. Uh, why don't you go ahead and have a seat? I have a couple announcements. All right. Well, welcome, church. Uh, welcome to First Baptist Church Coronado. If you're uh, new here, you're a visitor, welcome. We'd love to have you. Um, if you want to, there's in the, the back of the chair right in front of you, there's some cards, kind of just a welcome card and gives us some information about you and how we can serve you, how we can connect with you. If you're interested in uh, finding out more about First Baptist or you're interested in things like baptism or uh, church membership, um, or how you can get involved in serving in the various ministries we have, whether it's helping in the children's Sunday school or uh, helping with the military ministry, uh, different Bible studies that we have offered. So there's all kinds of information. You can just fill it out, drop it in the offering box in the back, and uh, we can get a hold of you if you have any questions. Speaking of offering, we don't pass a plate at First Baptist here, so if you do feel led to give, um, to the ministry that we have going here, there's a box in the back right by the doors that you came in, and you can just, uh, there's envelopes in the back of the chairs, so you can just drop it in that if you feel led to do that. So, um, got a couple uh, announcements here. Um, 
Pastor Jim is out today, so we have a guest speaker. You've probably seen him up here on stage, but his name's Terry Miller, and he's going to be bringing the sermon today, so it's, I'm excited for that. Also, welcome if you're joining us on Facebook Live or uh, live on YouTube. Um, we're streaming, so even if you're out of town, you can catch the service. So Pastor Bays, um, a lot of you know him. Raise your, raise your hand if you knew Pastor Bays before he came to this church. Okay, quite a few. So if you didn't know, there's a... There's a little old church down uh, in Imperial Beach area. Actually, it's a huge church now, but <laughs> it was small, uh, much smaller than this. Started as uh, Midway Baptist, and they changed their name to Ocean View Baptist. And uh, there's a whole school and all kinds of stuff going on with that thing down there. But but Pastor Jim was there. He's there celebrating today with them. That's why he's not here. Their 75th anniversary of being a church, which he was a part of for 41 of those 75 years. So. Just cool that we have a guy that we get to share life with and um, that, that wanted that felt called to pastor uh, this church on Coronado that has such a great heart for God and just to experience. So um, so be sure to thank him, you know, when you see him and just uh, encourage him. Pastors need a lot of encouragement. So um, military meal today. Um, I'm Ryan. I'm with the Navy Navigators Military Ministry. Uh, so we're going to we have a free uh, active duty military meal after church every Sunday. So sometimes we have it at our house. Sometimes we use the church patio today. If you're active duty, just right through all these doors, there's a church patio over there that's covered. So we're going to have pizza and, and uh, different food and stuff like that. So come on over for the military meal. Also, today is one of the Sundays that you guys who are in middle school, um, we're doing middle school, um, so, uh, what do you call it? Middle school youth group service outside on the patio today. So as soon as the kids are dismissed to their classes, middle school kids go out on the patio. You guys know where to go. Uh, check on the bulletin if you got one. If not, there's more in the back. They have uh, different stuff on all the different Bible studies and opportunities, whether it's for men or women, that you want to get involved with throughout the week. And also Saturday, there's a marriage conference from 8 to 4. Dwelling Place Ministries is hosting that here at the church from 8 to 4 all day. And there's still limited uh, spots open. So I encourage you to check that out if you want to just go and be encouraged and learn learn more about um, um, fueling and and uh, and setting um, better and healthier foundations in your marriage. So um, that's pretty much it for announcements. Um, next Sunday, we're going to be going over the sermon. is going to be a summary of the names of Jehovah God. So Pastor Jim's been preaching on the names of God for a while now. So kind of a summary. But uh, with that, uh, I thank you for listening to the announcements, and let's continue to worship. Please stand.
Savior, I come, quiet my soul, remember, redemption's hill, where your blood was spilled, for my ransom, everything I once held dear.
Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Please welcome Terry. Well, good morning, everyone. Let's thank our worship team for a great job today. Thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we're going to have all the boys and girls come up right now. Would you come on up? Boys and girls, come on up. Right now, come on up. Here they come. Here they come. Wow. Most of you know that Pastor Jim... does a message, a children's message every week. We're going to do something a little different. We're going to sing a song today. How many of you like to sing songs? Do we have any singers? We've got a few singers. We've got one, two, three. We've got any singers in the back row? All right. You're a guitar player too? You want to go get it? We can play right now. Oh, okay, all right, okay, next time. All right, so there's a song, there's a song that we used to sing a long time ago, and I don't know if you know the song. Oh, you play guitar too? Oh, my goodness. Well, listen, I think we have a ukulele around here someplace. Do we have the ukulele? No, no, okay, so, all right, all right, okay. Just checking. Do you guys know the song, Jesus Loves Me, This I Know? Does anybody know that? Do you know that song? Do you? Will you sing it with me today? It goes like this. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Hey, we're going to sing that again. Do you think anybody out there knows the song too? Any of those big people? Turn around and look at those people. Do you think any of them know the song? Huh? Any of you know the song, Jesus Loves Me, This I Know? For the what? For the Bible tells me so. Okay, we're going to sing it together, okay? Help the boys and girls out. Here we go, boys and girls. We're going to sing it one more time. Jesus loves me, this I know. Here we go. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so, little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. All right, let's give the boys and girls a hand today. Okay, you can go to your class now, boys and girls. Thank you very, very much. Wow. That was pretty cool. 
feel like we got the beginnings of a choir right here. I heard, let's see, I heard a soprano. I heard a bass back here. We'll sign them up. Yeah? All right. Well, listen, thank you guys for uh, being here, giving me an opportunity to speak uh, this morning. As uh, Ryan said a few minutes ago, I've, I, um, Marcy and I have been coming to the church here for a few months. I was actually a pastor here in San Diego County for oh, about 35 years and uh, pastored in La Mesa, Ocean Beach, La Jolla. And uh, then when, I, when we kind of retired, we, Marcy and I bought a motorhome and we actually traveled all over the country for eight years. Now, how many of you think that's cool? Okay, how many of you think it's sick? <laughs> all right. I know, I mean, not everybody's for that. Fortunately, Marcy and I agreed. It was cool. And we, uh, we, uh, she said, I'll give you five years. We were out there eight years. Sort of COVID sort of came in there also, but uh, it was a great time out on the road. And then last November, we sold the motor home. We moved, actually moved for just a couple of months to Coronado. We rented a little place here in Coronado while we were, our condo was getting ready uh, up in Mission Hills. And so our very first Sunday, this was back in November, very first Sunday in Coronado, we woke up on Sunday morning, weren't quite sure where, well, where are we going to church? And I remembered a little Baptist church on C Avenue. And I thought, I've been there before, way back in the day, you know, years and years ago, I think I knew one of the pastors here, and let's go see how they're doing. And, and of course, I, I expected to see three people or 10 or 12 or 15, and we walked in in November, and the place was full. And I just said to Marcy, wow, something's happening here, something's happening. And so... Um, and then, of course, Pastor Jim got up and, and preached. How many of you know Pastor Jim is one of the best preachers in maybe in Southern California, west of the Mississippi? You agree with me on that, right? So um, we were, you know, we were sitting in the back row. Some of you who don't recognize me uh, will understand we, we're the ones that have been wearing masks for most of our time here. I've had some medical issues, and so we've been really cautious with this COVID thing. So we're sort of unmasked today. I wasn't sure it would be good to preach with the mask. So, But we were sitting in the back row. Pastor Jim preached our, that first Sunday. And when he was done, we were leaving. And I said to Marcy something like this. I think I know that guy. <laughs> and I went way back in the dusty cobwebs of my brain. And I remembered that something like 46 years ago, I had attended his church down in South Bay for, for about seven weeks. Now, how many of you know he was in his 20s then? He's not in his 20s anymore. So I didn't catch, I didn't catch it right off, but I said, I, I think I know that guy. So the second week I came back, when we were back, I introduced myself and I said, hey, you were down, you were down at Midway Baptist for a long time. And he said, 41 years, and it just blew me away. I mean, that's something like a record. So anyway, Marcy and I are, are brand new members here at uh, First Baptist Coronado. Joined a few months ago. I get to uh, sit in the back row up here with my guitar and strum a little bit and try to get my, you know, my calluses built up again. And uh, 
We just love being a part of the church and love being a part of what God's doing here. Amen? How many of you know he's doing stuff here? He really is. I'd like you to take your Bibles this morning and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I want to read for you a passage of Scripture that really is one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible. In fact, when I first really read this passage, it changed me. It changed me as a, as a Christian. It changed me from someone who just sort of believed in God and, and all of that into someone that really wanted to go a step further with God, who really wanted to sense that God had a plan and a purpose for me. And this is the passage right here that did it. So we're going to spend a few minutes here. There's an outline in your bulletin. You can follow along if you want. You can take some notes if you want. But I want us just to begin this morning then by looking at this passage. But before I read it, could we just bow and pray together? Heavenly Father, we just bow before you. We thank you for this day, for this church, this congregation, these folks who have come to church today. We thank you, Lord, that on Sundays, every Sunday, we get a chance to get up and go to a church where you are honored, where you are worshipped, where your words taught. And so, Lord, today, may you come and fill this place more than just with just people, but fill it with your holy presence. And, Father, we are here today with tender hearts, ready to listen to your voice and to say yes to whatever you say to us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning in verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. One translation says he is a new creature, a new, a new person. And I want to say right off the bat, that's exactly how I felt the day I was saved. I was 13 years old. I'd gone to summer camp up in Maine. My counselor that year was a, a young guy. I still remember his name 60 years ago, Joey McDonald. He just asked me a question one night after chapel. He said, hey, Terry, if you died tonight, would you go to heaven? And I, I thought I had a smart, alecky answer, and I gave it to him. You know, he wasn't impressed. Then I had a little more serious answer. He wasn't impressed. He said, I'm not really sure that you know for sure that you're going to heaven. And I said, well, I want to. And he said, well, I want you to. And he led me in a little prayer. And I still remember asking Christ to come into my heart. God, if you're real, I want to know you. Came into my heart. Something changed deep inside that night. Um, I felt like things were good between me and God. I felt like I got right with God that night. At the age of 13, for the first time in my whole life, even though I'd gone to church all my life, it happened that night. I felt like a new creation. I felt like God and I were on a new relationship. I, I didn't feel like he was mad at me anymore. I felt like he loved me and I loved him and we could change the world together. And uh, he gave me a fresh start. 
God loves fresh starts, amen? So that's verse 17. Verse 18 goes on. All this is from God who reconciled himself. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. All this is from God. You know, this whole thing, this whole relationship we have with God, it started with him, amen? That night when I was changed, it didn't start with me trying to find God. It started with God trying to find me, (laughs) and he found me. And then I found him. It started with him. And then verse 19, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Not Oh, I love this one. Man, if you don't have this underlined in your Bible, you should. Not counting men's sins against them. How many of you like that? Okay, some of us. (laughs) You know, when I was 13, I wasn't like a major sinner. I hadn't robbed banks or anything, but... I'd done some damage with my BB gun around the neighborhood, and I knew what, that I was a sinner. I knew it. Not counting men's sins against them. I was longing for that. My friend Willie, who's a pastor in Michigan, puts it like this. He said, in my mind, he said, I see that every one of us have a a big old angel up there running an adding machine. Remember those old adding machines that had the handle, you know, put the numbers in and they go doot, doot, like this and more numbers, you know. He said there's like angels. Every one of us have an angel in heaven. Now, this isn't really true, but this is my friend Willie's. That's how his brain works. He said it's like, it's like that angel is just watching you. It's, he's your angel. Every time you sin, he, he types it in to the adding machine, pulls the, the lever, and the number keeps getting what? Bigger and bigger, bigger and bigger. And then he says this, and the day you were saved, Jesus Christ came over and he pushed the delete button. Pushed the cancel button. Big row of zeros came up. How many of you are glad for that day in your life when it all came up zeros? Not counting men's sins against us, verse 19. And then verse 20, we are therefore... Christ's ambassadors, look at this. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We are therefore what? Christ's ambassadors. Say that word, ambassadors. Most of us know what an ambassador is. Our country has ambassadors. Probably in almost every country. We even have them in China and Russia and Mexico and every place. We have ambassadors. And those ambassadors are what? They are representatives, official agents of our government, of our, of our president. If we had a king, it would be a, you know, an ambassador of, of a king. And that ambassador doesn't just talk off the top of his head. He listens for what the president wants him to say. Amen. And he represents the president or the king or his country to that foreign nation or power. And God says, I've got a kingdom and you are my what? Ambassadors. Ambassadors. I, I didn't really even know this until a few years ago. But did you know that if, if we have an embassy, let's say, in Russia, did you know that that embassy is actually American soil? How many of you knew that? 
It's American soil. It's like America right there. And they design the embassies so that whatever country it's in, when people walk into our embassy, it has a feeling as though it's, it's kind of like America. You know, they got American music playing and they've got pictures of American scenes up and all of that. It's a representation of, the, of our country. An embassy and an ambassador. Now, back in my Navy days, I was in the Navy for four years. It was a long time ago. And uh, Ryan, I, I appreciate your ministry here because I, I just love to see the Navy guys here at, at the church. It's one of the things that blesses my heart because I was a young Navy guy back in the 70s. And when I first read this portion of Scripture, I, it hit me really for the first time. I'm an ambassador for Christ on this ship. I'm Christ's ambassador. Right here in the Navy. Now, I had another job, surely, right? I had a job. I was a, I was a they call it, uh, called me a radarman. I ran the radar system on the ship. We looked for planes and ships and all of that. But I was also, it dawned on me, I was an ambassador for Christ on the ship. And when I first went on that ship, as far as I knew, I was the only one. I didn't know any other Christians. I didn't see anybody reading their Bibles. I thought, man, 300 guys on my ship, and I'm, I am the ambassador. Kind of scary. And then one night I was reading my Bible under the cover so nobody would see me. Somebody caught me. Said, hey, 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 what's that you're in, Miller? It's my Bible. <laughs> you know what he said? He said, you don't believe that book, do you? And the Lord said, ambassador, ambassador, ambassador. And so I said, yeah, I do. I believe it. And he lowers his voice and he says, so do I. <laughs> now there were two of us. And then a month there were five of us. And God started something going on, on that ship. We were ambassadors. All right, let's turn to the book of Daniel real quick, okay? It's in the Old Testament. We're going to turn back there. I want, it, I want you just to look this morning at the story of, of, of Daniel because, it, to me, Daniel was maybe one of the greatest ambassadors for God that ever lived, okay? And um, we're going we're gonna to, to try to look at this real quickly. Daniel chapter 2, we're going to read there in just a minute. You remember who Daniel was? Daniel was a young guy, very bright, big future, straight-A student, prominent family. He was probably on his way to Harvard or Stanford or the Naval Academy. When suddenly, the Babylonians swept in, destroyed Jerusalem, and kidnapped Daniel and his family and took them in chains as prisoners back to Babylon. In Babylon, he was totally immersed in the culture, the language, the religion, all of that. And he was even given a, a new name. His, his, his Hebrew name was Daniel. Anybody remember what his new name was? Some of you do. Some of you do. Belshazzar. That's it. How many of you knew that? Belshazzar. Okay. That was his new name. He had some buddies that came with them. There were three of them. Remember, they, went in, they were the guys that were in the fiery furnace. But what, what were their names? You remember? 
Yeah, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Okay, so those were the guys. They were all kidnapped and taken. And every dream they had ever had back home died. How would you have felt about that? Would you be angry, bitter, mad at God? Somewhere early on, I think Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 popped up into Daniel's mind. Many of us know that verse, don't we? Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with what? All your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will do what? Direct your path. And I think Daniel at some point said to the guys, men, if we have any hope at all, We've got to trust in the Lord. We don't, I don't know what he's doing, but we need to trust him. Someone said this to me a long time ago. When you're down to nothing, God is up to something. And God was up to something in Daniel's life that day. These three guys went from, well, let me just say this. They had an attitude change. Their attitude had been, we are prisoners in a foreign city without hope. And their attitude became, we are ambassadors of the most high God on a mission to change the world. Do you see a difference between those? I'm a prisoner. I'm an ambassador. Something changed in Daniel's heart. So there came a day when Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And the dream disturbed him, and he called all of his wise men together, and he said, I had a dream, it disturbs me. Somebody tell me the meaning. And, of course, the brightest one among them said, well, tell us the dream, and we'll interpret it for you. And Nebuchadnezzar said, no, 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 it's not going to work that way. Well, how is it going to work? You tell me what my dream was, and then interpret it. Well, nobody can do that. King said, well, you're all going to die unless somebody tells me what my dream was. And finally, Daniel heard about it. He was still very young, and he, they brought him before the king. I want you to look at Daniel 2.27. Look what Daniel said. No wise man, enchanter, musician, or div- can't say that word. Diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. Nobody can tell you what your dream was, O king. But look at verse 28. But there is a God in heaven. <laughs> but there is a God in heaven. What was Daniel being right then? He was being an, an ambassador. Representing God's kingdom. Telling the king about a God in heaven that could answer the question. And Daniel went on to to do exactly that. Why? Because he was an ambassador. Now, very quickly, you might say, yeah, but how much real influence can this young teenager have before the most powerful king in the region? And the answer to that, at least in part, is found over in chapter 4. Turn over there. Daniel chapter 4. We're going to look at verse 34 in a minute. 
Let me tell you what's happening in Daniel 4, okay? So in Daniel 4, the same king gets a little, a little um, case of pride. How many of you... How many of you know about that from time to time? We get a little big-headed, look at me, how great I am. The king got a little bit of pride one day, and he started telling everybody how great he was. I am the greatest. And God looked down from heaven, and he said, well, hang on just a minute. And he gave King Nebuchadnezzar a case of insanity that turned him, he thought he was a cow. And he went out and out in the pasture, and you know what he started? He started eating grass like a cow. I don't know if he mooed or not, but everybody looked and said, that's our king out there? You've got to be kidding me. And he was in the asylum for seven years with that kind of insanity. Now, that's a humbling experience, amen? I am the greatest to being a cow in the barnyard. And then at the end of seven years, we read this in verse 34. At the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward heaven. My sanity was restored. And I did what? I praised the most high God. I honored and glorified him who lives forever. And then down to 36. At the same time that my sanity was restored, my honor, splendor returned to me for the glory of my kingdom, my advisors and noblemen sought me out, and I was restored to my throne and became even greater than before. Now look at 37. This is the pagan king who had just learned that there was a God in heaven. And now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise, exalt, glorify the king of heaven, because everything he does is what? It's right, and all his ways are what? Just, and those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. And he did that to me, and so I praise God. How much influence could this young teenager have before the king, the most powerful king in that region? There are many Bible scholars who believe Nebuchadnezzar actually got saved or came close to getting saved right there in the book of Daniel. That's influence, amen? That's influence. As I close out my time this morning, I, I want to tell you about an ambassador I met a few years ago. Right here in Southern California, there was an ambassador. It was about four years ago. I'd been having some medical issues. I needed a blood test. I went to a lab. They lost my blood test. That's fun. They said, go get your arm stuck again. Oh, nice, nice. You got to do it quickly. The nearest place was a 40-minute drive away. I drove. I was not a happy camper. I walked into the room. The waiting room was packed. And I don't think the AC was working that day. There was an attitude in the room that you could feel, and it was not a good one. I waited, I waited. Finally, I was ushered into a small room. After five minutes, in walked the most amazing woman. I still remember that day. She had a big smile. 
She had a warm welcome. She said, good morning, Mr. Miller. I hope you're having a great day. And under my breath, so as not to ruin her day, I thought to myself, you have no idea what my day has been like. I could have told her, but I didn't. I finally half-heartedly blurted out, well, I'm fine, how are you? Did I expect an answer? No. But instead, she said this. Oh, I'm so glad you asked that question. You know, this is the best job I've ever had. There's a whole waiting room full of people out there waiting just for me. Better yet, I've got Jesus in my heart. My sins are forgiven. I'm on my way to heaven. Okay, give me your arm, right or left. <laughs> Just like that. And just like that, I was in the presence of God. Just like that, I was standing before one of God's own ambassadors. And she had the joy of the Lord that was deep in her heart that no cranky patron could take away. She had a joy in her heart, of a faith in, in a Savior that no room full of people could take away. Later that night, laying in bed, I asked myself the question, why can't I be like that? What she did was so simple, so genuine, so, so powerful. Why can't I be like that? I thought back to 60 years to Joy McDonald when I was 13. That night, Joy was an ambassador for Christ, amen? He asked me a, a simple question. I found out later, he was only 18 years old. He'd been saved six months. But he was a what? An ambassador for Christ. In a way that changed the course of my life forever. Now, some of us are prone, are bound to say, well, but I'm not like that lady. I don't have that personality. I don't have that courage. I'm not this or that. I don't think I could do what she did. And I'll be honest with you. I'm not sure I could either. I'm not her. She's not me. But here's the thing. When we decide to become ambassadors for Christ, he takes us as, as who we are with our personalities and our situation and our way of speaking and doing things, and he begins to use us in ways that build the kingdom of God and surprise us and surprise everyone around us when we decide to say, Lord, I want to find a way to be an ambassador for Christ in the world in which I live. I, um, I met a biker young biker one time, he'd been saved out of a biker gang, and, 
And when he got saved, he started going to a church, maybe a, a church a lot like this one. And uh, this was probably 25 years ago, 30 years ago. And some of the people in the church, oh, praise the Lord, you're saved. Now you're going to cut your hair and you're going to wear proper clothes to church and you're going to stop riding that dirty, uh, greasy motorcycle. And he said, nope, <laughs> none of that. Why? And he wrapped it up in a song. He said, because God's called me to be an ambassador to the bikers, to the hell's angels, to the Mongols. And here's what he wrote. Some choose to live their faith within the sound of chapel bells. I choose to run a salvage yard within the gates of hell. How many of you know that's an ambassador right there? Amen. That's an ambassador right there. A salvage yard within the gates of hell. Some others among us might say, well, hey, preacher, isn't that the preacher's job to be the ambassador? I mean, we pay him a lot of money to be the ambassador, right? That's the preacher's job. You've thought that, haven't you? I've thought that. But you know, the preacher can't go to your house or your job or your place of business. The preacher can't spend time on your ship. God calls each of us, wherever he has placed us, to be his ambassadors for the glory of God. Let's bow in prayer. In just a moment, I'm going to lead us in a in two prayers. And the first prayer goes like this, and I want you to listen to it and see if this is the prayer that you could say to God today. The first prayer goes, God of heaven, help me to see myself in a new way. Help me to truly be your ambassador in my world. And God, if you show me how, I'll do it. Heads bowed and eyes closed. How many of you would lift your hand and say, I'd like to pray a prayer, something like that to God today myself. I'd like to try out maybe for the first time of really being an ambassador for Christ in my world. Thank you. I see your hand. Anyone else? I see your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Ambassador for Christ. An agent for God Almighty. Here's the second prayer. Because before you can pray the, pray the first prayer, perhaps you need to get right with God yourself today. And so the second prayer goes like this. And listen carefully and see if this is a prayer you could say to God today. Lord, I need you. I need your help to change my ways. I ask you, Lord, today, forgive me of all my sins and help me to live for you from now on. I give you my life. In this quiet moment, I wonder how many of you could lift your hand and say, I could pray that prayer, Pastor Terry. I could pray that prayer today, maybe for the first time. Lord, I need you. 
forgive my sins. I want to live for you. I see a hand in the back. Thank you, sir. I see a hand here in the front. Thank you. Anyone else? I'm not going to embarrass you at all today. I see your hand. Thank you. Heavenly Father, in this quiet moment, we bow before you. Thank you for these men and women who've had patience with this preacher today to hear a message on being an ambassador. How I pray, Heavenly Father, that in some of our lives today, a brand new vision may grow as to how we can represent you in the world in which we live to be your ambassador. Lord, someone today is saying yes to you for the first time to be truly saved. Do that saving work, God, in their heart, just like you did in mine when I was 13 years old. And God, whatever you've come to do, we've asked you, we'll ask you to do it in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. Our worship team is going to lead us in a closing song. And if you need to come forward for prayer this morning, we ask you to come down, and I'd be glad to pray with you this morning. For whatever reason, God may be calling you. Amen? You come as we sing. Hungry I come to you, for I know you satisfy. I am empty, but I know your love does not run dry. So I wait for you. So I wait for you. I'm falling on my knees. Yes, I wait for you.
Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for bringing us to your house today. Lord, we, uh, we thank you for this world in which we live. And we pray, God, that we will represent you well outside the walls of this church. For we pray and ask these things in Christ's name. Everyone said, Amen. I bless you. Thank you for coming today. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand.